Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast, and I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere. Today, I invited Mary Shannon onto the show because when I worked alongside you at Vanguard Investments, I was so impressed with how much talent and enthusiasm and the mindset that you brought to the environment. So it was a pleasure getting a chance to train you and coach you and work with you because you know so many of us could see that you just were a shining star and kind of on your way to big things. So I am thrilled that you took me up on my offer to talk about your best boss. So please introduce yourself a little bit more. Sure. Thanks, Christine, for that intro. My name is Mary Shannon. I am the ISM or Inside Sales Manager at Manulife Investments. To explain the accent, I came from Ireland 12 years ago, for those who, who don't know me on here. As a high school teacher, I did a complete U-turn into the finance industry. Since coming to Canada, I've worked in a number of global investment firms in various sales-facing and coaching roles in both the mutual fund and ETF retail space, and most recently in the position of the inside sales manager in Manulife for the last three years. In the last 12 years, I've experienced a lot of changes in terms of aspects like the sales role itself, product evolution, and also the role of females in the seat. And uh, I'm very excited to come here because, you know, the leaders that have been above me have had a very significant role to play in my journey throughout those 12 years. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to that. Amazing. So when I ask the question, who's your best boss ever and why, what's the first thought that comes to mind? Well, I've definitely had a lot of great leaders above me in, you know, in my time in the industry. And I'd probably speak to a number of those as we have this conversation. But one that really stands out to me is Jasmina Juhuti, now Jasmina Garbus. We're still very close today. And honestly, I wish everyone could get a chance to work with this woman because she is truly inspirational and uh, has really impacted the lives of those that have gotten the chance to work with her. Amazing. Tell me more about her. I'm just so curious. So Jasmina herself, she's just, when you think about Jasmina, she's such a hard worker. Uh, She's very much, you know, lead by example, tough but fair. And she really empowered myself and a lot of those around me and gave us the tools that we needed to succeed in our own merit. So, you know, when I think of Jasmina, what her real strength was that she recognized the strengths in others that they might not even see themselves. You know, my story coming over here, I knew three people coming to Canada. I was a teacher, you know, it was going to be very difficult to get into that industry. I took a chance and, and met with Jasmina about an administrative role in this small investment firm. And basically she gave me the role straight away, no questions asked. I was shy, it was a new environment, it was a new industry. I was quite quite introverted, I would say, all those years ago. And, And she saw the potential and basically within a couple of months, she took me into her office and said, Mary, I really think that 
you're made for more than this role. I see a sales trait in you, and I think that you'd be really successful in trying that aspect out. How do you feel about going into the sales side of things? And so, you know, I took a leap of faith. You know, she really just how she positioned things to me throughout the years has really been, you know, give it a try. If you fail, it's okay. But, you know, anything's possible if you put your mind to it and if you work hard. And that was a real mentality that I already had, you know, the work hard and just put your head down. But she gave me that opportunity and it has really led me onto the track of, you know, sales progression that I've had ever since. And you never saw yourself in sales before that? I never even considered it because I was on a different career path at home. You know, I had come here for one year with my uh, then boyfriend, now husband, saying, we'll do a bit of travel before I settle down into the high school role. You know, once you get into one, you have to cling on to it with both hands. So, so you were going to be a high just, school teacher, right? Right. That was right? my track, uh, teaching music and geography. Uh, wow. <laughs> and Yeah, and civics. So really, it was just she kind of made that U-turn for me. The reason why I'm still in Canada, we were supposed to be coming back. And ultimately, I fell in love with the role, the industry and the family that was built in this company. It was a very small company. We were very close knit. And she, I would say, was a huge part, if not the primary part of creating that culture. She was very much having fun. She would come to the pit every morning, tell a story, have some banter, get us all excited to get on the phones or go out and meet clients. And we, you know, essentially were work hard, play hard environment together. So that's what I fell in love with. If I'm to get even more personal, you know, I had a challenges with my visa to stay after two years and she stepped up, sponsored me through the company and actually was the reason why I'm still here today. (laughs) She sponsored you to stay in Canada. Yes. Wow. So that's amazing. Like she really helped you remove some pretty big obstacles to... (laughs) She shaped my life, basically. (laughs) Amazing. Tell me what the morning was like. You know, you mentioned that experience. So she'd bring the sales team together into the pit. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, uh, being in a sales role, you have to be very kind of vocal. You have to be very charismatic. She wanted to create that storytelling culture. And since then, you know, as I progress in different companies, I've done courses on how to tell stories. This was her roots version or from the ground up version of that, just teaching us, showing us how to tell stories, but also doing it in a way that created team camaraderie and really brought us all together. So, you know, nobody was talking through this. Nobody was on the phone while she was standing there. We were all very present and we were all chiming in as well. She encouraged everybody else to speak up. So it's really her natural way of training you to take that risk, share your stories, share your personality, but also then preparing us for the phones. A bit of a Wolf of Wall Street moment. Right, right. Only in a slightly different way. Sure. But she's getting you warmed up and she's kind of getting the, you know, everybody's head in the game for work and getting them excited about the day ahead, right? 
And I will say that at the start, you know, it's it's quite intimidating to be part of that. And you're you're having this inner conversation saying, well, I'm not going to speak off. You know, I'm just here. I'm very green. I'm very new. And nobody wants to hear what I want to say. But ultimately, she was encouraging you to get past that and really you know, speak up, empowering all of us to do that. And another maybe conversation I was having was that I was one girl among a bunch of guys in the sales role. You know, back in the day, there wasn't that many females doing this. And while we had a number of women who were empowered in our company, and I would say she built that as well. She was very much an advocate of women and where we needed to go or where we belonged and built us up and um, I would say I was probably you know there was a majority of men around me in the sales side. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you had a female leader that you could look up to what do you think that did for you personally given that there was all men around you? I think it made me brave and it really gave me the voice to speak out be confident and make an impact, not just within the company and among the team, but to our clients as well. So it was really important for me to be able to be comfortable in those conversations, take the reins almost. You don't want to be on the phone to somebody who's trying to partner with you, sell you something, and they're second guessing themselves. She gave me a strong voice and you nearly take that from her. Like she was a very strong woman. Sometimes she'd have all of the sales guys terrified of her, (laughs) not in a bad way. You know, there are those bosses that are leading with fear. She's not doing that, but she just had this presence about her and she wanted all of us to have that as well. So it was really trickling down effect of be confident, speak up for what you believe in. And ultimately it led to me having more conviction around what I was speaking of on the phone to our clients. I had confidence. I had conviction in what we were doing and what we were bringing to them. That is very interesting. To me, that's such a good example of, I always say culture is this interesting thing where it's like, we replicate each other's behavior. That's what culture is. You know, there's this, we don't know why, but subconsciously we kind of pick up other behaviors. So when she's being confident and she's having conviction, you know, so much conviction that she's even, you know, people are kind of standing back and going, whoa, that to me, you know, like you said, she's instilling that in the rest of the team. And that's really powerful. That's an example of really good leadership and culture building. And culture is the reason why I'm at a company. It's the reason why I stay And I think that is the case for a lot of people, if not more now, you know, people are more selective today, having gone through COVID, having gone through work from home about what the company does for them. And if you have a really great culture and somebody who's going to stick their neck out for you as well, which is what she was constantly doing for us, you know, she she was emotionally invested in our development and what we did and how we progressed. And I can say that for sure because she kept it upright, you know, even after I left the firm. And that just brings a loyalty that money can't buy. Yeah, it's amazing. So now my question for you is, I get challenged repeatedly about 
the impact of a great boss financially if you're investing in your people like what is the return on investment so can you think of the impact that her leadership had to the bottom line for sure and i think you know what i was saying kind of alludes to that as well is that it brings a commitment from your people and it motivates you to really lean into your strengths and work hard you know like i was working for Jasmina in my mind, you know, and a lot of us would say that it wasn't just, it wasn't me in a silo. I would say a lot of us were doing this for a person versus a thing, you know, like it brings it to life and it keeps you engaged. It gives you purpose as well, which is something that I read in the book about the All Blacks and legacy. So they talk about purpose being very important for what you're building towards and If you have the right leader at the top, then they're communicating that in a way that is tangible and engaging and nothing can drive people stronger than that, I think. I'm just curious then, would you say numerically that that also drove a financial end result? I would say yes. And you know what? I'm thinking of a very specific story when I think about that. You know, when I came in, I didn't know anything about the industry. I was literally starting from zero. I didn't even do economics in school. And so, you know, she really did take a chance on me. But ultimately, I remember, A, I was taking the CSC, first of all, to get up to speed in the book sense. But I just clearly remember Jasmina and a wholesaler sitting down in the boardroom and literally going through what a bond was to me. So so this is a woman who's running operations, marketing and sales all at once. And then she's still making the time to sit down and teach me about, you know, the very fundamental basics of investments. And it really went a long way in terms of A, building up my knowledge, preparing me for the role. You know, that coaching didn't stop there. She was constantly guiding, talking about messaging. Every sales meeting we had, we were either brainstorming together as a group or pitching, you know, working on our message. And of course, that's going to lead to results. You know, if you're confident, if you're ready on the phone or in your meetings, that's going to lead to dollars in the door. People are going to want to do business with you. And so 100%, she was at the helm of that. Now, when you think of bosses that were not the best, (laughs) and so I, you know, it doesn't have to be a worse boss, but I'm just kind of curious, like, what have you learned from the bosses that maybe you didn't try to replicate their style, but you saw things that didn't work for you? Well, I think in what I've shared so far about Jasmina was the loyalty, the family feel, and just everybody in it together. And I didn't have a worse boss as such, or I wouldn't label anybody I've come across as a bad boss, but there were moments where I felt discouraged, disengaged in a conversation with a leader. And one that sticks out in my mind was a certain period where I had gone for a role, I didn't get the role, that had opened up within internally in the company. And I went to this leader and asked, what do I need to do to get there? This is where I want to be. What do I have to work on? 
what are the gaps and ultimately the leader first thing they said was have you considered looking outside of the company at, oh, wow. for the role <laughs> right <laughs> and in reflecting back on that moment first of all it was it, you know it was a glaring sign to me okay well this person I'm not sure if this is going to happen for me here and and the conversation went farther along and there was practical steps and you know the usual kind of this is this is what I would do but in in reflecting further on that moment I think it was genuinely the best advice that, that they thought I should hear it was a smaller company they weighed up the the reality and the situation and thought this can't happen here but if I were you, this is what I do. I genuinely think it was, you know, genuine advice. And whereas I was maybe a little demotivated in that moment, I think others would see that as a no-brainer. Yes, that was the thing to do. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I think it de- basically it depends on the stage you're at in your career and your mindset. Yeah, and and ultimately, I've been at other points of my career where someone ha- has advised me, a leader has advised me, oh, you know, do always have the conversation. If somebody approaches you for a role, always have the conversation. And I heard that completely different, essentially the same advice in this moment. And so what I would say is a strong leader knows where the person is at, knows what speaks to that person, maybe resonates with them and what doesn't. That's kind of where I'm at with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's an interesting question. But it's got to be very demotivating when you hear, you know, have you thought about looking outside the company? You know, that's basically not what any of us, I guess, want to hear when you're actively pursuing something, you know, that you're passionate about. What advice would you give? So there's lots of people listening into this show. Many of them are either individual contributors or they're leaders, and they're trying to think of how to be better and more effective leaders. What kind of advice would you have for them? So in terms of advice, I think it depends on what stage you're at of leadership or getting to leadership. You know, depending on that stage, I would give different advice. But in thinking about great advice that I got at the beginning of leadership, I was told I was coming in, I was reading every leadership book, I was trying to, you know, talk to everybody I knew that was a good a great leader trying to get tips and ultimately it's very hard to put it in words and that's what I noticed when I was looking for advice and the best way it was put was forget about the rest just get to know your team just cut out the noise and take the time to really get to know them it will take time it might take longer than you expect but ultimately once you do that you will be able to navigate things a lot more. You'll have their trust. You'll have their open honesty. And the only way that you can succeed as a leader is excellent communication between you and everybody else. And so I find that to be just simple, but very effective advice coming into it. I think that's brilliant advice, especially given that so many people kind of skip that step. They sort of assume they're going to get to know their team over time, but then they're trying to navigate complicated issues without really understanding people at their core. 
And so I think that's, like you said, simple, brilliant, you know, easier said than done advice. It actually takes being intentional to to accomplish that. Just to comment on that, you know, as you go into the role, it gets busier and busier and you're pulled in all these different directions. And so if you can do that from the very beginning, it will make all the difference. But it also lays the foundation for you to always put them first. So no matter what else is going on, and what are their initiatives you're being pulled towards that might take you away from your team or just bring you that bit further away? I think that I have always put them first because I know them, I know what they need. And ultimately, I think that's what a great leader does. Right. Right. That's amazing. You are a phenomenal relationship builder. I really admire that about you because you are amazing at staying in touch with people and being thoughtful and staying connected. We've had a couple of years now where we might not see each other all the time, but you, you do a phenomenal job. Do you have any systems or ways of staying organized that you help helps you keep those touch points with so many people that you've interacted with? I mean, there's part of me that puts names on a spreadsheet and maybe gently keeps an eye on that. But ultimately, it's really that something reminds me of a person I want to reach out. Or when I come across a person that has an impact on my life, like yourself, Christine, I have really appreciated our conversations over the years and being able to work with you as well. Those people just stay in my mind and I want to keep those relationships up. They're really important to me. And I find that the more that you do that, there's no downside to that, right? Uh, Both personally and professionally, I think that it's great to have that Rolodex, you know, or that gentle spreadsheet, but I don't really have a solid process around it. I just, yeah, I just... It kind of comes naturally in a way. Is that terrible to say? (laughs) Not terrible at all. It's brilliant. I just am so impressed because I'm like you where I meet wonderful people that blow my mind and I want to stay in touch with. I get into that, you know, too busy kind of thing so that sometimes I come back and I'm like, okay, I need to go reconnect, right? And so again, you know, I'll see something on LinkedIn or I'll see, you know, someone's name come across the announcement of your son. Okay, great. There's a great reason to connect or a great reason to, you know, like you said, remember that person. But I was just wondering because I'm like, you are so masterful at it. It's wonderful. What I will say is, you know, I say that it comes naturally But in terms of even, you have sparked a memory in my mind of my current boss, Trevor Archer, who is amazing. Another really inspirational person who has, you know, he he truly embodies that we're in this together. You know, he really empowers you. He lets you make those high stakes decisions and asks for your input, is so genuine about, you know, let's figure this out together. But in that conversation, you know, we're always talking about work. We're always down to business. It's extremely busy environment, but he still makes the time to talk about that networking conversation. And money life is such a big place. It's not natural there. (laughs) You you don't just bump into people in the hall, especially in the last two years. It has to be an effort. So when I talk about the spreadsheet, that is definitely where I, I bring that out a little bit more and get systematic around it. And so when I talk to him about my development, where I want to go to next, he's the one pulling names from his head saying, well, let's let's have a conversation started with this person, or can I connect you with X, Y, and Z? 
so in that way, it is more planned out and systematic in terms of tracking what I do next, the follow-up. But ultimately, the conversations are all those getting to know you and just building that rapport, just like those personal ones that kind of we've, we've built up. That's amazing. That's a great, you know, so there's a bit of strategic. Sometimes it's kind of coincidental. Sometimes there might be that gentle list, but I even love the fact that Trevor does give you good coaching on reminding you who to reach out to. So it sounds like he's also very thoughtful about relationships. And so it makes it easier to, you know, brainstorm who should we be talking to. It's so true. And in terms of that aspect, I think that's a neglected aspect for a lot of people that being mindful about your networking and actually making it happen within your career, within your company. And I must give a shout out to Jason McIntyre, who you know well from Vanguard, you know, an old boss of mine who positioned it in a different way than I had heard it before. You know, he put this development card in front of me which was something that I needed to fill out for a skip level with him. So a meeting with my boss's boss. And basically I outlined my strengths, what I wanted to work on, the next role or what I was building towards and who I needed to get in front of to get there, who I needed to impress basically. And so there was that whole networking aspect just built into that fourth quadrant of that conversation And it was a really clever way of putting it because even women have been tarnished a lot with the whole put your head down and get your job done and not talk to people about where you want to go or not showcase what you're doing. And so when you have a process like that, it really does bring it to life. It makes you more cognizant of it, mindful of what you need to do to get there. And so I've carried that on with me well beyond that conversation. And I find it very useful today to to coach my team and and have them be mindful of those conversations and being purposeful about it. This is amazing. Thank you so much. This was wonderful content. And I'm sure so many people got so much out of this conversation. So thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.